Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. It's been a long time. Now I'm podcasting again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it has been a significant amount of time, but we've uh, Ian and I both had some life events, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but first, uh, today is uh, May twenty first, twenty nineteen. Uh, this is episode 116, On the Horizons, and yes, we're going to talk about the new Modern Horizons previews that preview season started technically this past weekend, thanks to the Magic Online Championship, uh, with a couple yeah. of r- real spicy previews there, and then they've just kept kept coming. And the hits, and they haven't stopped coming. Fed to the rules and they hit the ground running. Nah, I have, I have beef with that man, because he's been talking, <laughs> he's been talking crap on Bryce Harper. <laughs> It's a baseball reference for those who don't know. Deal with it. Anyways. but Wonderwall. Anyways, Wonderwall. Um, but speaking of Modern Horizons previews, um, in our eyes on the community real quick, uh, we will have an official Modern Horizons preview card coming out uh, a week from today as of date of recording. But for you all, that will be May 28th. It's a Tuesday. Um, that is a Tuesday. Um, we're still working on exactly the, uh, vi- the vehicle for the preview. Twitch.tv um, slash dicks. I'm calling yeah, it probably, now. It's, it's probably gonna be on Ian, it's probably gonna be on Ian's uh Twitch channel. Look, but, I got a, look, I got a long weekend for Memorial Day. I'm gonna revamp the uh what we had for Guilds of Ravnica and uh yes. put it out there if you find folks at home. Yep. So keep an eye out for details on our various social medias, which uh we'll mention at the bottom of the show. But if in case you didn't know, I'm at JYLE129. Ian is at, at Dixon IJ. That's D I X O N I J. And you can also find us on Twitter at Eyes on the Mize. Um, the other big eyes in the community was yesterday. We had a restricted announcement. Yeah, yesterday. Um, as, as the resident pauper player, I guess we can say, uh, thank yes. God, uh, Days, Gush, and Gataxium Probe are now all officially banned in pauper. A uh, bunch of free spells. Uh, well, spells that you can pay mana for, but technically have no mana cost so days is the uh one in a blue counter uh counter target spell unless it's uh controller pays one additional mana uh but you can return an island to your hand to cast it for free gush is four in a blue yes draw two cards and with the additional thing of you return two islands to your hand in order to cast it without paying its mana cost um usually what you do is you float two mana bounce those two lands play gush draw two more cards pitch those two islands you just pulled up to like foil to counter something for free it's dumb anyway get probe is the much maligned phyrexian mana blue look at target opponent's look at target player's hand draw a card um or with phyrexian mana for blue so you can you know pay two life instead it's basically i think this is the final uh get probe joins treasure cruise as a uh, as the card that's been banned or restricted in the most formats, well, in all formats basically, or yeah, all constructed competitive formats, I should say. Yep, 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 um, yep. Yeah, Pauper was its last uh, last home, and I guess I gotta put my poor uh, promo probes to rest, or at least keep <laughs> one of them somewhere around. Never gonna play it, and probably ever yeah. again. That's a shame. Anyway, but yeah, no. It basically, what happened to give an example, um, we haven't talked about it in a long long time because we haven't been around. Uh, Popper has basically devolved into you play Delver or you play Monarch or you basically don't have a chance. Um, 
literally the last on this past weekend, the pauper challenge that happened on Magic Online had, I think it was 52 players, which is abysmal. Um, they, they were getting more players during the uh, Peregrine Drake days. Um, and uh-huh. of the top eight, seven of them were uh, mono blue or is it or blue black Delver um, with uh-huh. one Monarch deck. They are keeping track on Monarch and they kind of are looking at Tron to help keep things in check. So yay, Tron's back. I'll actually dust my deck off for some of the GPs this summer. Yep. And then they also talked briefly about uh, how War of the Spark, uh, because War of the Spark came out in the in between uh, us uh, leaving and us coming back, uh, really shook up the modern metagame. And they called out a couple of interactions. Uh, one of them is the Celestial Kieran Ugin's Construct um, combo of uh, Four Mana Armageddon. Uh, yeah, and there were a couple others as well. That's fun. Yeah, just go look that up. Uh, basically, you cast Celestial Kieran, and then it what? If you cast a Spirit, you destroy all a spirit things. Spirit or Arcane spell, you destroy all permanents of that CMC. See, basically, Ugin's construct is a X zero zero that enters with X number of counters on it, and you pay zero, and hey, look, all lands are zero. Bam, boom goes the lands. Um, fun times, but yeah, there's a couple weird interactions. There's some other stuff too. Uh, one, the big thing we not really talked about because you know we haven't been around is uh, I've been seeing a lot of people saying like standard right now is kind of miserable. But just because people yeah. are still getting adjusted to the fact that planeswalkers have static abilities now, so yes, that's something to definitely get used to. However, in time we will learn to, you know, acknowledge them as well as essentially our, uh, enchantments and not just planeswalkers. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to take some getting used to. I think once we get around that initial uh, issue, yep, I think we'll be fine. But that's just I me. think everything will be okay. Yeah. So. Let's move on to the episode topic. So, John, yeah, wh- wh- I'll let you do this one. You you named the dang sections. Yeah, uh, I know what you did last summer, uh, uh, spring vacation. So, <laughs> um, so I briefly mentioned at the end of episode one fourteen that uh, I was going away for uh, chemotherapy because I was diagnosed with cancer, and the I did nine weeks of chemotherapy. I had some pretty good days, and I had some really, really awful days. Um, lost about 20 pounds thanks to, you know, the various side effects of chemo. But uh, as of my latest uh, scans and uh, blood results, um, everything seems to be responding uh, well. And i basically get been put on um, monitoring, for lack of a better word. So... Me and my oncologist are going to have a, a long relationship of seeing each other, and you know, over period, over months, or even years, hopefully down the line. But so basically, I'm going to see her every three months, and we'll just keep an eye on things, make sure that it's not growing, it's not coming back. But um, all my all the blood, all the tumor markers seem to be in the normal range, and the uh, tumors appear to be shrinking, which is the the best news that we've got. So all in all, good news all around. Shouldn't need surgery. So that's basically been my my last nine weeks. B- been at home, the hospital where I was getting my chemo treatments done, and uh, every once in a while getting out of the house because sometimes, you know, you just don't want to see the same sights over and over and over again. Yeah, me, uh, I've been talking to my dad 
who was also going through chemo and uh, radiation treatments for his own cancer that he had in his lymph nodes. And yeah, what John said absolutely is echoed. Like sometimes you just need, like even if you're not feeling great, you just need to kind of get out and away from home. Like yeah. being for some people, I get it. They like being inside, but for other people being stuck inside is not fun at all. No. So I'm glad. Oh, and also side note, my dad is also recovering pretty nicely as well. Good. He's getting his taste buds back because they his cancer was in his neck. So they were shooting radiation his, at his throat. Mm. So like his taste buds died basically. Yeah, there, he, there's a lot of weird things that happen when um, when you go through chemo. Like there's the usual things that you hear about, like, you know, you're supposed to lose your hair, um, which I did. I didn't lose all of it. I had some really stubborn hairs on my head, um, but like I kept all my body hair. Which was interesting, hmm. except for the fact that when I, I had a what's called a port installed in my chest, which yeah. is basically a little plastic device that they attach to one of your major veins or one of your veins that goes into your heart. So instead of having to find a vein in your arm every time for if they need to draw blood or attach an IV that you may be used to from seeing like medical dramas or maybe in your own personal experience, um, they can just go in through the port. Mine's on the right side of my chest. Um they didn't they kept asking me when i went in for that surgery back in the beginning of march like what side are we putting it on i'm like i don't know no one's asked me and so they shaved the top half of both of my of uh, both pecs oh no and none of that hair grew has grown back because i was going through chemo so i'm waiting for um for the for my hair to start growing back at some point to hopefully even everything out but i've, I've had issues where they had to like shave stuff off when i was getting a what's it called there's a smallpox vaccine back when mm, I was yeah. deploying the first time. So I started shaving one of my upper arms like, no, 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 it has to be the other arm. So like, okay, fine. So I shaved the other up, up, upper side of like the outer side of my uh, like outer shoulder area facing out. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, that, that same, that patch on both sides where I shaved has just been like darker, longer, thicker hair than everywhere else in my arm. And I'm like, <laughs> I hate you army so very much, so much. Um, but yeah, no. So I'm glad though that John, you're doing well. It's great to have you back. Me too. Me um, too. Also, the less uh, days I can experience nausea now, the better. Yeah. So in the interim, we actually had some fellow content creators get together and chip in some money to donate some stuff to John. Uh, he got, we kind of chipped in about oh, a little here over $300. Uh, I got two booster boxes of War of the Spark for John because uh, he was sad he couldn't go to pre-release. Um, there's also some other stuff coming that he doesn't know about yet. I haven't checked the mail today, but I uh, it's you'll get it eventually. Shipping on this one was weird. You'll understand why when you get it. I expect it to be. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh me, what's been going on with me? So I've been healthy decently well, uh besides stress. Um that due to Oh stress. Oh, stress is great. <laughs> Love it. Uh so stress for me has been coming from cramming for a flight warrant test because as you may know, I'm in the army. And I am looking to become a pilot. And so the test went well. Took it back in April. Uh, for the, it's called the SIFT or the Selection Flight Instrumentation Test. The SIFT uh, is scored out of 80. Uh, minimum, minimum submittable score that you can get to submit with your uh, application packet is a 40. The average score is a 50. I scored a 60, which is pretty darn good. Essentially, Barring any craziness, I should be accepted uh, with that kind of score. So that was kind of part of that, plus being jamming a warrant packet together. And it's a by the time this is released, I'll be 73 days away from my wedding. So, oh my God, there's been, as any of no you- No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. Fun fact too, 
John's my best man. Yep. Yeah. So I've got to write. I've got to write a speech. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. The funny part is, is we're not Lindsay and I aren't writing our own vows, so <laughs> uh, we we just looked at each other like we we have, don't have time for that. Ain't we have way too much. Ain't other nobody st- got time for that. Yeah, we just have way too much other stuff to do. But so that's what's been going on with me. I could have probably jammed an episode or two in there, but to be fair, sometimes you need to kind of take a little step back and not do anything for a while and it was nice i kind of i won't lie i was kind of maybe getting a little burnout towards the end before i took the break and now i'm fresh ready go and rearing so let's do this it's amazing what nine weeks off will do for you it's like it's like they should do this more often for like more things like school wait a second (laughs) Uh, i mean in uh, america yeah I will also uh, say thank you to Wizards of the Coast, who also sent me a care package uh, that included a bunch of uh, magic and D&D stuff. It had a couple of play mats, a couple of deck boxes, a box of Battle Bond, and a box of Masters 25 um, that are yeah. still still untouched as of right now. Yeah, John already um, opened up the War of the Spark boxes, but... Listen, I was just I need to do, I needed to crack some packs, otherwise it was going to get bad, and I was going to open that Masters twenty five box and or the Battle Bond box for no value, and I'm like, no, these are good enough to be drafted. Oh no, those and are I've, those are draft ones, but yeah, and I've uh, played yeah, and I've played exactly zero games of War of the Spark, and the format is the the the, the takes I've seen on the format are wild and varied, and I'm just like, mm, I'll I'll just take packs. these pack, I'll just crack these packs, and hey, I got two Nicol Boluses and two Niv Mizzets, so. You know, and the rest of your and the rest of your mythics are pretty sweet too. Yeah, got a finale of devastation. Uh, find a, I'll need to find some space for those. I think in the cube, if I didn't order foils of those already, no hard. Um, uh, but, but yeah, now again, big again. I just want to thank my friends at Wizards who I was able to work with to help John get hooked up with that. So thanks, yeah. guys, appreciate it. So now let's move on to the main topic: Modern Horizons. Uh, in Mark Rosewater's article from Monday, uh, he mentioned how he went into the pitch. Time Spiral, Time Spiral Two, I believe, is what his pitch was, and then Ethan Fleischer pitched Future Sight Two, and they got put, paired together, and then they came up with this. And so, a lot of the cards in the set are going to be either I think I think uh, Marcos is that fifteen percent of the set is new to modern reprints, which we're going to talk about several of them, and then eighty five percent are new cards, and this set will be inje- injected directly into modern. And injected here is not a euphemism. This set's going to go a- – or Modern is going to go ass over tea kettle once Modern Horizons gets printed. <laughs> I haven't heard that oh, phrase This is so only long. on day two. Oh, my – no, This seriously. is only on day two. Yeah, seriously, though. There's like – I think we're still going to see a lot of the same like major players in some of the decks, but some definitely like tier two and tier 1.5 decks are getting a massive shot in the arm with this set And like so let's far. just start with the card the, – the first cards that came out today. Uh, on the mothership, as previewed by Paolo Vito Domodorosa, and Wizards doesn't give people like Paolo bad cards. We they get give, they give him five cards. They give they give him five cards. They're rares. They're lands. They tap for two colors of mana, and it is the it is the beginning of Wizards going to finish one of the future sight cycles, which was Horizon Canopy. So we've got Fiery Islet, Sunbaked Canyon, Nurturing Peatland, Silent Clearing. And waterlogged grove. So that's as blue. enemy. Co- yeah, yes, yeah, so it's the fiery islet's blue red. Canyon is red white. Peatland is black green. Clearing is white black. Grove is blue green. This is and they all they are pain lands. They tap for one of their two colors, and you pay a life, and then you can pay one and tap and sacrifice the land to draw a card. And I'm pr- so, and I'm, I'm very thankful that the community seems to have 
instantly settled on calling these horizon lands. And I am so happy that we have that settled and we don't have to worry about a dual land argument for naming. I think some people all. are still doing what Paulo said in the article of canopy lands, but I like horizon lands better. Horizon lands are great because it matches the set and it matches the, it matches the original card. It's just these these lands will go immediately into a lot of different decks. I'm also glad they chose the enemy colors here first instead of the allied colors because too often dual land cycles get printed as allied colors first and then you have you have a long wait for the rest of them. For example, the allied pain lands were printed way back in Ice Age and then the enemy color pain lands didn't get printed until Apocalypse. And there's a long, there's many years in between those two. Yeah, Same with the Fetchlands. Onslaught was when we had the Flooded Strand Polluted Delta for the first time. Zendikar is when we got Scalding Tarn, Aaron Mason, and such. So starting with the enemy lands here is fantastic. Uh, decks that get immediately better are decks like Burn, say Elves, um, Infect, uh, Storm, Is It Phoenix. There's a lot of decks that can use these lands to great, great effect. I mean, heck, even black white death and taxes is going to yeah. use silent clearing um now if they're playing eldrazi they may not play too many of these because they do need colorless sources where caves of correct. coalesce is a little better yeah but at the same time these lands are going to see play you're going to want to pick them up you're going to want to hold on to them because they're also going to be amazing in commander until the end of time and then hopefully modern horizons 2 isn't too far out of the out of the way and we'll get the the allied cycle finished yeah. So that instead of only having six of these lands, yeah. we'll have all ten. Yeah, so Fiery Islet and Waterlow Grove are also going into my commander deck uh, for Animar because, mm -hmm. my god, you can flood out easily in commander and just being able to have an outlet of maybe that one card you can just sack one your lands away, you're good to go. And it's and it's a colorless for the sacking too, so you don't have to be like pay red or blue to sacrifice it, which is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah actually, John was mentioning Infect, like actually our legacy Infect, or the, like the Legacy Infect Facebook page, uh, Down With The Sickness is what it's called, which is great. Um, they're already talking about maybe jamming one or two of them in Legacy, just because that kind of effect, if we start flooding out in Infect, it's nice to just be able to get rid of that and draw a card. So yeah. definitely, foils of these are going to be coming to premium. I know John is... I, I am both loving and dreading the Fiery Islet, because also the Fiery Islet... I think it's going to look amazing in foil. My God. Yeah, Richard Wright. They have Seb McKinnon has a land. John Avon yeah. has a land. Oh, Noah fun Bradley fact. has Nurturing a land. Nurturing Peatland is, is a Noah Bradley piece, and Noah Bradley's fantastic. Oh, he God. actually, this was one of his first pieces for Magic, period. And they're just now using it. Yeah, John Avon actually um, mentioned on his Facebook that he actually lost the file for this back like it's been so long that he lost the file for this. They just haven't like they've had this art for literal years now and just have been sitting on it. But we finally get it and it's great. So yeah, sweet. Let's let's move so on. Next, we, we talked a lot in the beginning, so we're gonna have to power through a couple of these. This might be a longer episode. We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot to digest. We're only twenty minutes in, so we'll see. Look, man. But this cycle, this cycle, this cycle of cards, Ian. What's going on? Uh, so. The big speculation was whether or not we're going to get Force of Will in Modern, uh, just because Force of Will is a counterspell, and honestly, they're not going to put Force of Will in the standard, and the best way to get Force of Will into Modern is Modern Horizons. We're not getting Force of Will. We are, however, getting Force of Negation. It is a one blue-blue instant at rare. If it is not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into your, its owner's graveyard. 
honestly, this may have like potential as being like decently better in certain decks than Force of Will will be. Yeah, Louis LSV called this card. This stops the exact type of nonsense in modern that I like, and it's not going to punish um, creature decks like something like Force of Will would do in this format. Yeah, because Force of Will would be like, oh, I can counter your creature, but this one is like you need to have a way to – it forces control decks to have a way to deal with creatures, whereas this can stop, oh, hey, maybe that turn one nonsense with Neoform combo that exists nowadays – like seriously, go look it up. It's ridiculous. An opponent can literally win. You you won't you won't even get a chance. They can win turn one on the play and kill you. This it is pretty this, cheeky. this stops that. It can also stop yeah. Gristle Brand reanimation strategies, um, key uh, planeswalkers and stuff like that. It's, and it's also good. the fact that you also the fact is forcefully you can use to protect your own combos. This you can't. You you can only do the free pitch. If it's not your turn. So as an example, this is a card that scares me because also, by the way, uh, did, I forget if you, I forgot to mention that, but force of negation exiles the card. It doesn't go to the graveyard. It is gone forever. Yeah. So things like pass in flames, gifts ungiven cards that I, I personally care about, or maybe something like become immense. If you're playing something like infect, uh, this would be a fantastic card to deal with something like KCI to, if it was still legal in the format, um, don't necessarily use this if you're going to counter a turn one thought seize or hand attack spell. Oh god, please no. But, don't do that. But like this also counters Karn. This all this counters Ugin. This counters so many things that you care about that I think that it's just going to be fantastic in the format. Mm-hmm. I now granted, I don't think it's a main deck card. It could be. It's uh, definitely gonna be a sideboard card. Blue control will I, definitely play some of these. Sure. Um, they might I run think, like one or two main just, you know, to have that effect. Yeah. They usually play they might they sometimes play like one negate, but uh, Force of Negation is is a very, very exciting card. And then we found out on Monday that it's part of a cycle. So the next card up is Force of Vigor. Two green, green, instant rare. If it is not your turn, you may exile a green card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Destroy up to two target artifacts and or enchantments. Oh my god, free artifact and enchantment destruction. I and love it. It's not it. just one. It's, it's not just two. one. It's two. You can take care of, you can snipe two things. Uh, now, the first thing that people saw when they saw this is, oh man, there's a way to get rid of the uh, Karn the Great Creator plus Mycosynth Lattice lock. Except for the fact that Mycosynth Lattice also makes all of the cards that aren't in play colorless. Yeah, so you it, don't have any green cards to pitch. Oops. No, what's, so, uh, what's really nice, what's nice about this one is it's gr- it'll be great for getting around prison strategies. Um, namely, yep. a way to fight Ensnaring Bridge, a way to fight Ghostly Prison, a way to fight chalice of the void a way to fight oh god trinisphere blood moon like a lot of those lockdown enchantments this is a great way at a nice mana cost at four mana by the way i mean odds of you getting chalice out for four yeah good luck um so this is definitely a case where you are probably going to be able to jam this in uh legacy infect already talking about jamming it in there in the sideboard um my legacy is, Legacy's going to be a little interesting because they play more blue cards than green in Legacy, in fact. So this probably will see maybe at least a one or two of an Infect cyborgs in Modern if, you know, Infect's still a thing. Who knows? It'll always be a thing. Someone will play it. Whether it'll be good or not is the entire other question. Yeah. So, John, we got one more in this one. Let's yeah. talk about this real quick. This one is Force of Despair. 
It is one black black for a rare instant, just like the rest of these. Uh, if it's not your turn, you can exile black card from your hand rather than pay its mana cost. And what Force of Despair says is destroy all creatures that enter the battlefield this turn. So your opponent brings back, you know, three is three Arclight Phoenixes on their turn. Get in with Force of Despair. Your opponent's playing Storm and they created 20 goblins. Force of Despair. Your opponent's on turn one Grizzlebrand and they get ready. To, they're starting to combo off. Turn one Force or you can cast Force of Despair. It is not a necessarily good Wrath to cast on your turn. This is much better as something to cast on your opponent's turn. But it also is something that deals with a lot of the, you know, threats in the format. You didn't mention so, Dredge. You didn't mention Vengevine. Yeah. You didn't mention Hollow One. Like, this has some... Not to mention, like, you mentioned tokens with the Storm, but... Yeah. There's some really, really interesting um This also is really good against, against say, the niche deck 8-whack. Um, because if you're gonna, you know, if you can, you know, cast a couple spells and you kick a bushwhacker and you get ready to the jam and you can force a despair, maybe you don't, don't get the whole board, but you maybe might get a big chunk of it away because, you know, the, each of the bushwhackers gives every creature you control haste. Yeah. And, and if like, you're able to get something with all, with, you know, a large number of haste creatures, that's something that this card does very, very well. Yeah. And what thing, it's not necessarily, oh, yeah, no, go sorry. I was going to say, one thing you mentioned with force negation, like it forces, that, that forces players to have an answer for creatures. This one is an answer for creatures. And you kind of touched on it with force negation is that odds are we're probably going to see these force card, the force cycle for modern be cyborg mainly. Um, they're great coming out of cyborgs. Main deck, there's way too much craziness going on in modern to like kind of have this kind of two for one. I mean, technically force of despair, you're going to probably get more than two for one, but you are two for Xing yourself by exiling the card as well as this one being cast. Yeah. So my, you're, you're definitely, my speculation. Yeah. No, sorry. No, my speculation for the red one is uh, there's a lot of people who want it to be direct damage. I don't think it's going to be direct damage, but it could. Um, and if the green one wasn't too naturalizes, I would expect it to be some sort of shatter. Um, and then I'm not sure what the white one's going to be. It might. It's going to be tricky to see what the white one's going to do because casting something for free on their turn as, from a white side, like if it's life gain, the card's going to be awful. If it's, you know, something like all your creatures gain first strike, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be a huge blowout in certain co certain creature mirrors. I just don't know exactly what those are going to do until we see them because like untap and tap and first strike kind of thing. Something along those lines. You never know. So we'll. We'll certainly find out here in the coming days because I imagine the rest of the cycle is going to get previewed this week. Yeah, um, I would, I but, would not be surprised there. But but, but between um, the island, the lands, and the fourth cycle, this is kind of the big, the big news. And then we also got uh, on Monday. There's basic lands in the set, and there's snow basics. But they're and not, not just, just snow basics. Full art snow basics. Yeah, full art snow basics are coming. So I'm going to be able to upgrade my snow basics in my storm deck to these full art ones uh, and gorgeous Titus, reminder, gorgeous Titus Luntner art, by the way, gorgeous, gorgeous art. And as a reminder, um, when you're drafting the set in paper, do not remove the lands because you'll need them in case there are activated abilities that require snow mana. Now we're not going to come from snow sources. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it here, but snow monstrosity is now a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, chiller pillar. Yeah, Chiller Pillar, which, which is like is a, a giant bug. Name. Oh, it's like a four snow it's snow. It's a three and a blue three three with four snow snow monstrosity three. 
Yeah. And then as long as it's monstrous, it gains flying. So it, it's pretty, I, it's, it's freaking like build a dang kaiju. <laughs> yes. It's basically build a kaiju. <laughs> it's building a kaiju. It's great. And I love it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so keep in mind there are snow and, th- oh, there are also other cards we'll talk about maybe today. I don't think, we- oh yeah, we do. Uh, that count care about snow permanence. So we will talk about yeah. that in a minute. Um, snow covered lands are snow permanence. Anyway, yes, anything with the snow super type. So this one that's coming up has some amazing Esper Acing art. It's Goblin it has Matron. quite the pedigree. Goblin Matron is now in Modern Kids. They are pushing goblins to be a tribe. I guess they've wanted a tribe in Modern besides humans. And goblins is great elsewhere. It just doesn't have the oomph it needs in Modern. And maybe the Matron does it. So for those of you kids at home who don't know, the mom of all gobos is a two and a red, one, one creature goblinette uncommon. When Goblin Matron enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a goblin card, reveal that card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. It is a tutor for goblins. Yeah, this this alongside Goblin Recruiter are two of the most powerful kind of goblin type cards in the tribe. Now, Recruiter, that creature's banned in Legacy. There's no way it's coming to Modern. But Matron is lets you be a toolboxy, more toolboxy style of deck. So you can get something like Mad Auntie, which is a which is a two and a black one one that gives your other goblins plus one plus one. I think she taps to regenerate a goblin. Or you could go real deep and get Earwig Squad, which is three black black for I think a five three goblin, and it has Prowl for two and a black. It's a goblin rogue. And Prowl is if you dealt combat damage to an opponent with a creature of either of this card's creature types, you get to cast it for its Prowl cost. And Earwig Squad, when you Prowl it and it comes into play, I think you get to search their library and exile three cards. I'm doing this all from memory. I haven't looked it up. But there's some some gross stuff you can do. Yeah, Goblin Matron definitely is a a push trying to push the pedal to the metal now. The real question is if we're going to get Lackey. Because Goblin Lackey is the goblin that makes legacy goblins tick and i think goblin lackey might be too good for modern yeah we have war and instigator which does the same thing of putting a creature on the battlefield if he deals damage but it's two it's red red instead of you know red it's a red red one one with double strike yeah so yeah you know yeah yeah anyway speaking of two twos (laughs) (laughs) speaking of two power creatures uh this card got previewed and i don't think it's good like, I don't think this is going to see any sort of modern play. I could be wrong, but it's called Savage Swipe. It is green for a sorcery at common. It says target creature you control gets plus two, plus two until end of turn if its power is two. Then it fights target creature you don't control. So, and it the, is a, the art is literally a giant bear. <laughs> yes. It is getting ready to crunch this poor knight with green claws. And like the, this card. The flavor text, is, though. Yeah, nine generations of metalworking skill are no match for 900 pounds of rage. Yeah, this card is just going to be hilarious in terms of Bear Force 1 strategies. People love love those kind of weird niche things. And, you know, it's a little little fun, cheeky pump spell at common. It's not going to break the world. It's fun. It's it's bear punch, except the bear's doing the punching. Swiping. Swipe or no swiping. Swipe or no swiping. Speaking of cards this card's actually going to probably be really good i, I don't wanna, know how, mu- how, how much play it's going to see look i want to talk about this one because yes it's because prohi- i know you've played before i have played i have cast this card many times it's prohibit yeah. one in a blue from originally printed in invasion so one thing a common theme here is we're getting a lot of invasion cards and like invasion block era 
stuff coming back, but it's great. And prohibit anyway, one in a blue instant with kicker, by the way. So kicker is back. So it's kicker two. Counter target spell, if it's converted mana cost is two or less. If this spell was kicked, counter that spell if it's converted mana cost is four or less instead. So uh, Paupertron loves this card. I already had two foil copies. I had to go snag two more just because I wanted a playset of foils from Invasion. I have them now, and I watched them all get sold out. But Prohibit's going to be a weird, interesting card. Uh, it's flexible, but I don't know if it will necessarily see too much play. Granted, yeah, unlike Force of Negation, this can hit creatures. Yeah, so this like, is... this trades evenly with Goyfs. Yeah, so this is something where a lot of stuff in Modern is going to be four or less CMC, with the exception of Tron stuff, for the most part, and Teferi. But... It, it can just be a straight up like counter spell early and mid game. If the control decks are, it, this is definitely something that a reactive deck will want as a, for, as a opposed to a pro proactive. So you might see this round. It's a common to be expect to get got with it in limited. It's going to happen. You're going to feel bad. Uh, other point of order, by the way, is that uh, according to Mark Rose order, there are 40 different mechanics in this set. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of different mechanics because like our next card is Martyr's Soul. It is two and a white for a 3-2 Spirit Soldier at common. It has Convoke, which if you've played during Guilds of Ravnica, you know what Convoke does. Uh, your creatures can help you cast a spell. Each of them that you can tap while you cast it can pay for one or their color. And Martyr's Soul says when it enters the battlefield, if you control no untapped lands, put two plus one plus one counters on it. No, so, no tapped lands. You said untapped. Oh, no tapped lands. Excuse me. Yeah. So if you, if you only use creatures... This is a three mana five four, which this is a perfect example. This is that is a rate that is not okay for standard, you know. Correct. But for modern, it kind of looks a little laughable when because like you know I could play a goif on turn four. That's a four five that trades with this, John. But yes, Bant spirits. Uh, I don't think spirits would play this card honestly. I know, but I'm saying it plays vile aether vile. It does play aether vile. Aether vile um, decks. You you can cheat it out with aether vile. You can cheat it out with convoke. Um, it might see some popper play. Who knows? It, I mean, it, the earliest that you can convoke this out is turn two, but then that's it's a, it's as a three mana two three two. So turn three is the fastest you can put it in as a five four. Still, is a good way for White to hit a to eat a go toe toe with Gurmag Angler. Either way, yes. it's interesting. It's fun. People are going to try and do all sorts of crazy things with this in limited. So look for that. Mm -hmm. uh, next card is a card that. Uh, might actually see modern play. That is might? Lava Dart. Might? There it, are people who... I think... All right, so I don't know who... I think it was Reed Duke actually mentioned that this card, he has like a box of commons and like uncommons that... Like the good the good commons box. And it'll occasionally flip through it and this is in there. But I, it isn't in modern. Anyways, it's, it's, it's red for an instant. Deal one damage to any target. Then has flashback cost of sacrifice a mountain. So, so it is two spell. It is two spells for one mana and sacrificing a land. Uh, the big home that people are thinking about is whether or not this is better than Gutshot and Is It Phoenix. Uh, I would go so far as to say you might want to look at Mono Red Phoenix for this card because that card is going to be playing just mountains. Yes. Whereas Is yeah, It, but you it, can also sack your Steam Vents. Well, yeah, I know you can sack your Steam Steam Vents, but still, like I think this will be better. In something like Mono Red Phoenix, just because, That's fair. just because you don't have to worry about like being, oops, I'm out of mountains. I have two islands left. 
whatever. Yeah. But no, it's definitely something that we'll probably see play. Popper is gonna. I mean, Popper already had it, but still. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's good in, to have access to. It's it. an interesting card. I don't think Burn will play it, but this is yeah. definitely something Phoenix is looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, next card on the list is the card that sold Aaron Forsyth on the set, because if you've played any, if you played the Legacy Cube or if you've played the Vintage Cube on Magic Online, you're familiar with Deranged Hermit which is three green green for a 1-1 one, one with Echo. When it comes into play, you make four 1-1 one, one squirrels, and your squirrels get plus one, plus one. Well, this is not Deranged Tournament, because Deranged Tournament is on the reserve list. Can't make, you can't print any more of them. But they did print. They did make Deep Forest Hermit. It is three green green for a 1-1 one, one elf druid at rare. It has Vanishing 3, which says this creature enters the battlefield with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter from it. When the last is removed, sacrifice it. So you get this for three turns. When it enters the battlefield, create four 1-1 green squirrel creature tokens, and squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. So instead of having Echo, where you have to pay ten mana over two turns in order to keep your deranged tournament around, you only pay five mana, but you only get it for three turns. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, hey, squirrels are bad. <laughs> Squirrel tribal! Um, yes. I don't know how much play it'll see but it definitely is a hilarious card and it's something that you would absolutely never see in standard today with vanishing ever no because vanishing is a fixed uh fading because fading was confusing um, vanishing is still and, rather confusing and vanishing is still a little confusing but also you know this is go- if this does see modern play it's going to be in those green mid-range decks or green ramp decks because they're going to put five bodies on the board and they're going to go deal with it. Yeah. So, so it, it'll that be, is, it'll be, it'll be interesting. interesting. Yeah. So the next card yeah. is one I mentioned that looks at snow permanence. However, it is also one of the cards that has people going, well, looks like we're not getting Baleful Strix in here because it's Ice Fang Coatl. It's a green and a blue, 1-1 one, one, snow creature snake at rare with flash and flying. When Ice Fang Coatl enters the battlefield, draw a card. Now, why am I saying Baleful Strix? Well, if Ice Fang Coatl has, or Ice Fang Coatl has Death Touch, as long as you control at least three other snow permanents. So that's three snow lands, some snow creatures. Uh, remember, it count, it does not count itself because it says other snow permanents. So you need three other ones. But it is something that will cantrip. It has Death Touch conditionally. It flies, and it can be a nice gotcha ambush viper mode. Yeah, Ice Fang Coatl, um, remember that Future Sight and the entire Time Sarah block was all references to other cards. So this is clearly a reference, even though it's in a different, you know, direction to Baleful Strix, because it is slightly different. It does have that snow payoff. And there aren't that many playable cards that reference snow permanence in modern. There aren't that many playable snow non-land snow permanence in modern either. Um the most playable card from Cold Snap is Scred. That's not a basic land. Um so whether or not Ice Fang Coatl is going to see play and have Death Touch is going to be something to something to see. And the soonest you can get this with Death Touch is actually turn two. If you go Snow Covered Forest into something like Boreal Druid, which is a one green 1-1 one, one snow creature that taps for a colorless mana. Uh, and then you go Snow Island into Ice Fang Coatl. So that's, that way you get the Death Touch on turn two. But at the same time, you know, this is gonna, this has a very steep cost to build around. And it'll be interesting to see where it lands. And what it tells us is that they must have just looked at Baleful Strix and be like, nope, still just a little too high on the power curve for modern. 
which I bet they tested it and it was a little too good. Yeah, so. It, and so they basically just folded it into another one. I would love to see the things on that. So next card. Speaking of things that might be a little too good, uh, hey, how do you like a fixed Evolving Wilds? I don't know if Evolving Wilds needs fixing. Well, it's Prismatic Vista. It's a rare land and it's a fetch land. But you pay life, and it gets only basic. So it's tap, pay one life, sacrifice, prismatic vista. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. There is no enters the battlefield tapped clause there. It can, it cannot get your dual lands. It can only get basics. This will be a commander staple for forever. And hopefully, cross your fingers, it'll be a budget option for players in modern who need access to the fetches for whatever reason that they need it yeah just to command i'm telling you unfortunately commander alone is probably going to drive this price up foils are going to be ridiculous for this land because yeah it's sam burley knocked it out of the park with prismatic great art too, but yeah so. no foils are going to be ridiculous um is it rare people are like why isn't this uncommon i'm like it's if this was pay one life it's even with paying one life it's like oh paying one life this and you get a ba- only basics and it's like okay what were they gonna do make it uncommon like no that's way too good of a rate at uncommon yeah, it, it, five a five color land at uncommon seems a little yeah, un, a little not sketchy. not even tapped. Like that's the thing; it's because yeah. it enters the battlefield untapped. You can just play prismatic, play prismatic vista go, and then get any basic you need untapped. Which is usually if you play like you know evolving wilds, you're basically saying like I have a tapped land this turn. You're free to go. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it fits. Uh, John, yeah. It's funny. Storm Mages I'm, I'm, hate Storm Mages hate this card. Uh, I'm, I'm going to save you all the five minutes of crying that happened. Uh, so, a there's a buy a box promo for Modern for Modern Horizons, and that is Flusterstorm. It is blue for a rare instant counter target instant or sorcery spell unless this controller pays one, and it has Storm. So, on its on its baseline, it is a spell pierce for instant and sorceries because your opponent casts a, something like a Thought Seize on turn one or a Faithless Looting or what what have you. You play Flusterstorm, you get a copy. They have to pay two mana if they want to resolve it. But what Flusterstorm really is, is it is a counter to sp- to a Storm spell. So if I cast Grape Shot, Storm is 20. You cast Flusterstorm, Storm becomes 21. And you make me pay one for every single one of my copies. Yep. That said. And one of them gets one also of them has Fluster- to pay two. One of them has to be two. That said, I could also have Flusterstorm, at which point I get to be able to Flusterstorm your Flusterstorm, and it's just going to be – it would just be ridiculous. So, If you've ever watched uh, if you've ever watched like Legacy play, when Flusterstorms go on the stack, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's it, a hell of a time. Yeah, Flusterstorm is a really interesting card. Um, also, by the way, this is a it is a non-foil buy a box promo. Oh, and so also will not is, be in packs either. So the, this is yeah, Flusterstorm is being brought into modern, but not being reprinted in packs, and it's not getting a foil promo printing. I'm okay with this largely. Yeah, um, we we all kind of saw it coming, honestly. So Flusterstorm is a card that if you are afraid of storm, by all means put it in your decks. In a lot of places, spell pierce is just going to be better because this can't counter rest in peace. This can't counter your other, you know, the other non-creature spells you're going to care about, but if storm, it will stop Storm. If Storm becomes a it tier deck. It will stop other instant sorceries. Yeah, storm is a tier deck or very popular in your local meta. Pack this in your sideboard. Otherwise, it's in the format. Cool. Also, if, you know, I have a brawl out and let's say that you try to counter my gifts I'm given or whatever, you only have two mana up and Storm say like seven, I'll go, okay, Fluster Storm, you're whatever, your counter spell. I'm going to have three targets, three copies target it, and then I'm going to have the other copies of my Flusterstorm target themse- target another 
another copy of Flusterstorm, so I'm just going to get some extra loots off of it. Ew, that's gross. Yeah. Does it counter? Oh, and if I Flusterstorm, counter, and, yeah. and if I Flusterstorm your Flusterstorm, that's like 20, I'm just going to loot 21 times. Ew. I'm just going to loot my entire library away. Gross. It's going to be great. Yeah. But yeah, no, Flusterstorm is going to be a very interesting card to see exactly where it lands. I was more afraid of it at first than I am now, but at the same time, I'm still... I'm still kind of caging on it. Okay, so while we're talking Storm, let's jump ahead on our list two here sure. to the one I got highlighted there. Uh, fact or fiction? I already know what it is. I haven't even looked yet. Fact or fiction is in modern uh, now. Fact. Three and a blue, instant at uncommon. Reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile in your hand and the other into your graveyard. This is like every Magic player's worst nightmare because having to sort Foff piles, as it's called is very skill intensive and like i would love to see pros write articles on hey modern fof piles go um mainly there are some weird corner cases where you can actually just say here's zero and five and i, I did see a twitter thread about it where basically uh they put basically had a very heavy uh instant fof pile put five and oh uh, pick the opponent was like okay cool i'll take all five and then opponent went untap cast a card that deals like two damage or something for or three damage for every instant sorcery in the opponent's hand and just got him <laughs> um ranched him hard they yep. um that's probably not gonna happen in modern uh factor fiction john already orders foil copies for storm if that tells you what storm players are looking it's, to do uh i so the question is is factor fiction going to replace or supplement gifts i'm given I don't think we can run more than four copies of either at the same time. Um, two two split. Something that yeah, I'm thinking like a two two or a three one split currently, um, just because you know Foft is a very different thing than Gifts, which by the way, Gifts and Given is the probably most skill intensive card in all of Magic, second to fa- Factor Fiction or in front of Factor Fiction, I think, because with Factor Fiction and Gifts and Given you can play similar mind games, but Gifts and Given is I think a little bit harder to resolve as the opponent as opposed to factor fiction yeah but factor fiction you could end is, up with it, like three lands and two spells and you're like okay one spell two yeah. lands one spell one land go yeah um so factor fiction is a card that i'm at least considering i uh, don't know if it's gonna like i don't know if it's a cyborg card i don't know if it's a main deck card but i'm excited to find out it's testable it is testable so yes. let's, let's jump back to the one that has set the edh crew in the twitterverse like just yeah. on fire Morophon the Boundless is a 7-mana legendary creature shapeshifter at Mythic. It is, it is a 6-6. Six, six. It has Changeling, so this creature, this card is every creature type. At all times. as At all times. As Morophon the Boundless enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Spells of the chosen type you cast cost Wooburg less to cast. This effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you pay. Other creatures you control, the chosen type get plus one, plus one. This is the best Edgewalker or Ragemonger I have ever seen. So what's fun is people are looking at ways. There's a couple different combos. Um, was it Fist of Joda and Fist of Sons? Joda and Fist of Sons. Basically, what? Is, how does the Fist of Sons thing play in there? So Fist of Sons and Joda both basically say you may pay Wooberg to cast a spell instead of paying its mana cost. And this says so. You basically what you do with you cast less than less Wooberg. So basically, it's free stuff. Yes, free of free spells of that creature type. So something like Tribal Instant. Something like uh, what's the card? Uh, Nameless Inversion. You could cast for free off of off of this, um, but all is dust. It's, uh, you could cast all is dust for free. Yes, although I wouldn't recommend it because well, if you have Fist of Suns, you could do it. Um, but yeah, Morophon is just 
Morphon with those two cards is is a combo. Whether or not it's a good combo remains to be seen, but there are a lot of things you can do because you can pick whatever tribe you want. We also forgot so, the best line of it. Other creatures that you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. So he does all also this, an anthem. Yeah, he does all of this stuff and is a lord. It's ridiculous. Yes. Morphine is gonna is not necessarily gonna see play in modern. I don't think people are gonna jam this there. Be, pre- but be prepared it is definitely to see a card. Yeah, be prepared to see it across the table from you at at your EDH groups and have literally yes. no idea what your opponent is playing until they name something. Well, or you might find out before that because you know they might be talking. They'll have to play. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to uh, Luis LSV's Luis Scott Vargas's preview card for Channel Fireball, which is seasoned pyromancer. This is a clear reference to Young Pyromancer. In fact, has the same artist in Cynthia Shepard. He grew up. He is. He grew up. He is one red red for a mythic human shaman, a creature. He is a 2-2. When he enters the battlefield, discard two cards, then draw two cards. Notably, if you have no cards in hand, you just draw two cards. For each non-land card this carded this way, create a 1-1 red elemental creature token. And then it reads, three red red exile seasoned pyromancer from your graveyard create two one one red elemental creature tokens a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing this card because they're saying that you know you know why does he only make two why is his exile ability so so much it's no not it's not exactly what i'm looking for but here's the thing he's he might see play and is it phoenix or mono red phoenix because he loots and that's exactly what you want i think that he could see play in mardu pyromancer because Mm -hmm. while he doesn't create tokens like young peasy does he is something that it, they they want to discard cards and draw cards. They need to be able to churn through their deck. Yep. And if you discard this guy to a Faithless Looting early, you hit five mana. And let's say you're playing as blue-white and they're at the board. Pay five mana and make two one ones off of your season Pyromancer. You're still getting value out of it in the late game. So it's not going to – he's not going to set the world on fire, but he's here to have a good time. Also, you're basically play, paying one and a red for a, for a two-two. And then you're paying red for Faithless Looting. If you discard non-land, make a one-one. It is just so much rate on this card. And like, if you look at the mythics, like Morphon, they might be able to print in standard. They might. I don't think they would, but they might. Season Pyromancer, on the other hand, no way they would print this in standard. There's too much, there's, there's this way is, too much going on there for standard. It, it just does so, so much for such a, an efficient cost that it makes, it just makes stand it, will, it would make standard like a nightmare and like there's a couple of other cards like for example preview today by kotaku uh, australia giver of runes oh my god it is it is white for a one two creature core cleric at rare it says tap another target creature you control gains protection from colorless or from the color of your choice until end of turn this is literally mother of runes with a couple of changes one, slightly fixed mom yeah one you can name colorless as an additional instead of just a color Two, she's a one-two. Three, she's not a human, which is most relevant for modern because humans God. is the best tribal deck. And four, she can't target herself, which is the most annoying thing about Mother of Runes is that mom can target herself and protect herself. And that's why she's called so, Giver because she can't keep the runes. She has to give them away. Yes. Um, so but Seb McKinnon killed it. Art. Dude, yeah. how good is Seb McKinnon's art this set? Seb McKinnon is just – he's been knocking out of the park lately anyways. Dude. And he's just – Killing it here in this set, Every too. card we've seen so far for Sev has just been, like, bananas. Yeah, Giver of Runes is... I'm expecting it to see quite a bit of play. I don't know exactly what home it's going to go in yet, but this is a card that is just... It is... I did not expect to see a Mother of Runes in this set. There were a lot of cards that I was like, there's no way they're going to make a card like that. And they did. And they did. And Giver of Runes is, is the one that made me... 
like force of negation i was like okay that's pretty crazy but i get it it's a force of will that stops nonsense i like that i did not expect giver of runes not at all so and then like if you here let's 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 finish it on uh, on a high note wait let's keep going we got a couple more we can go through okay so let's go so, ahead so we're not I getting gem i'm almost going to call it now we're not getting gem palm incinerator for you goblin people yeah we're not getting gem palm we're not getting gem palm incinerator i don't think we have i don't think anything like gem palm polluter or that cycle we're gonna we get. have munitions expert right uh black and a red one one creature zom- goblin just goblin that's it at uncommon with flash when it enters the battlefield you may have it deal damage equal to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of goblins you control that'd be a yeah. hell of a way if you had a bunch of goblins out on the board and just went boop blow up your yeah, blow up and the creature. fact that it can hit planeswalkers is also crazy because how do how does the blue white deck get, get ahead it plays a jace and it brainstorms it plays a teferi and it ticks up or whatever so munitions expert is just something that you can play to a it has flash so you can EOT it and get and help hopefully get rid of you know some troublesome planeswalker or troublesome creature if you're able to get a wide board and it's just it it does so much for very efficient costs granted it's only a one one and granted it's two mana but I think that munitions expert is just a card that like solid with, between value. goblin matron and this it is very much a a question of you know how much more are they pushing goblins how how much more are they pushing goblins? And you know what color is your goblins deck? Is it mono red? Are you gonna play? Do you gonna you gonna play black in it for munitions expert? You you know that'd be probably pretty good. You know what's it called? They have that just, they have that black red land for the tribal one. Is it Anti's hovel? Uh, Anti's hovel. Yeah. Yes. Where you uh, basically it was, yeah, it's a black ones. red land enters tapped unless you reveal a goblin from your hand. And if you're goblins, you're yes. gonna be playing goblins. So uh, yeah. let's, let's go over something that kind of got semi spoiled, but actually now has been revealed. It's astral drift. So astral slide technically but better it's basically astral slide but better uh, so astral drift is two and a white enchantment whenever you cycle astral drift or cycle another card while astral drift is on the battlefield you may exile target creature if you do return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step uh, it has cycling of two and a white so it cycles for its converted mana cost so if you absolutely need to do it and not have it as an enchantment for some reason you can cycle it well, also, let's say you have an Astral Drift in play and you cycle your other Astral Drift, then you get two triggers, one from the cycled Astral Drift and one from the Astral Drift in play. Yeah, this one plays really nicely with some ETB triggers. So we'll see how yeah. – we haven't seen a whole lot besides Munition Expert yet and uh, Ice Fang Coaddle, but we'll see if we get anything more in white because we haven't really seen and it in white like, yet for ETB. And Astral Drift is – like this is a Astral Slide is a, card that is a card that was a fan favorite. It was a powerhouse and standard at, in its time and people loved it. Astral Drift is going to probably be the same way. I don't think it's going to set the world on fire, no. but you never know. It could. No. So what's fun is uh, next up, I'm going to hit two real quick, uh, both commons, mainly because one of them doesn't really need much in- introduction. It's good old Neville Mongoose, the goose is loose. Green 1-1 one, one, Mongoose common with Shroud that can't be the target of spells or abilities by either player. Uh, it has threshold, meaning if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, it gets plus two, plus two. Uh, people are like, some people are freaking out about it. I just like saying the goose is loose. Um, probably is not line. modern playable. Yeah, it's just one mana for a three, three is nice and all. Legacy isn't even but... playing this damn card anymore. Yeah, Legacy, its best friend Delver of Secrets isn't playing it anymore. Yeah, it, it found so a new friend in true it's... name. Uh, but yeah. a welcome, 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 welcome reprint for Pauper is good old Fog Frog, aka Sport uh, Sport Frog. 
It's a green 1-1 one, one creature frog. Uh, sacrifice Spore Frog, prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn, or combat damage that would be combat dealt this damage, turn. Yeah. Uh, Spore Frog has some really nasty loops in Pauper. Uh, with, it has some nasty loops in other formats as well. Yeah, but mainly the Pauper loops it does with um, some of the, uh, God, Tortured Existence decks are kind of annoying yes. to deal with because you have to get rid of Tortex first and then deal with Spore Frog. Um, anyway, and I think we should jump to this one. I'd- Actually, no, let's go. Let's keep on the popper track here. Pondering Mage. All right, which one? Pondering Mage, yeah. That one was Three, blue, blue, three, four, human wizard at common. When Pondering Mage enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards of your library, then put back in any order. You may shuffle your library, then draw a card. It's Ponder on a three, four body for five mana. People are hating it's it. A very, yeah. it at, it's a very controlling card. Okay. At common, this is the perfect mana cost for the body you get and the effect you get. If it was uncommon, you could probably expect to see one blue-blue, maybe two blue-blue for this. Uh, at, com- at common and popper, I will be trying this in Tron because Ghostly Flicker with this card will be utterly hilarious. And it's probably not going to be great, but I don't care. I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> uh, now, like if I was going to make an uncommon version of this, I'd probably make a two and a blue for a two-one. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that that is a body that blue mono blue would get a lot of and i just like this body more just from a color price perspective of a defensive creature that gets you a little bit of card advantage and a little bit of information and is just gonna be really really good yeah you, it'll help you shore you up mid game uh, for the blue player like you know it gets you some card selection shores up your ground yeah. Dece. let's let's talk about this one and then we'll, we'll finish on that really crazy note yeah yeah so collective conjuring uh, was previewed by andrew cuneo it is two blue red for a rare sorcery make it an instant you cowards it is exile. It says exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast up to two sorcery cards with converted mana cost three or less from among them without paying their mana costs. Put the exiled cards, not the cast this way, on the bottom of your library in a random order. So this is another Coco. This is a clear reference to Collected Company, even though it is it is two colors. Um, but yeah, I I looked at this. I looked at the mana cost. I looked at the effect. I was like, man, this could be really good in Storm. And then I remembered the only sorceries we have are Cantrips and Past in Flames. And I'm not paying four mana to cast two cantrips. Because those are probably one mana spells. Yeah, this card's not good in Storm. Now, that said, if they printed a sorcery ritual or, you know, unbanned seething song, then suddenly, you know, maybe we're talking. Please don't unbanned seething song. Maybe we're getting somewhere. They're never going to unban seething no, so collect- song. Especially not with this in the format now. So but Collective is- Conjuring is going to require you to make some certain jumping through hoops with deck building it's definitely a deck building constraint just like collected company is but the threshold i think of three mana sorceries is a little higher than three mana creatures because you know something else that you could i guess theoretically do is let's say you play like something a card like flood of recollection blue blue sorcery uh return target target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand to get this back into your hand so you can do it over again similar to something like eternal witness for collected company um some something that someone i saw mentioned is you know i'm just going to cast stone rains off of this right and it's just like, oh, that's kind of disgusting. Oh no! Um, oh no! <laughs> and then you yeah, play two blue, you, blue or two red blue, get two stone rain. Stone rain with mnemonic walls in your deck. Just buy back yeah. it. Ugh. Well, the, no, no, it's exile. So the stone rains don't go. Um, no, no, no. I'm saying you buy back cocoa without paying their. Yeah, buy back cocoa or whatever. Yeah, or buy back collective conjuring. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, buy it back and just go so, again. So yeah, so collective conjuring is a very interesting card. 
I really think they should have made it an instant. If I ever get the chance to ask one of the members of play design, I'm be like, why isn't this an instant? What was it that was making it? What was what was it that made you want put this as a sorcery the way Collected Company should have been? Because yeah. if Co- if Collected Company was a sorcery, I wouldn't have this. Deb- I wouldn't have this problem. Collected Company should but, have been a sorcery. This was a yes. fix of that. Collected Company, they absolutely sh- realized after the fact, like, yeah, we should have made that a sorcery. I think it was at they one point. They said so much at PAX. Yeah. Sam Stoddard said at PAX, if I could set my fingers and make Collected Company a sorcery, I would. But, um, but let's finish up with... A crazy four-mana blue craziest, spell. Oh, my God. The craziest card that we've seen as far as just sheer power level of so the let's card. Put it, let's put it, l- hold on. Let's put it this way. The people who unveiled it was... Uh, was it command, command cast zone. or command zone? Those guys had Paradox Engine. They said this was more powerful than Paradox Engine, which is pretty high praise, and they weren't kidding. John, I I agree. By tell the us way. about our new lord. Urza, Lord High Artificers, two blue blue for a legendary creature, human artificer at mythic. Uh, he says when Lord Urza, Lord High Artificer enters the battlefield, create a zero zero colorless artifact creature token with. This creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So it makes a construct. You know, that's pretty good. Um, it's, it's a- it also says tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue mana. So it is, it basically, it basically turns all of your artifacts into collectively, if you tap them, a Talarian Academy. It's like a reverse, it's like a reverse Talarian Academy. Yeah, because you can tap all your artifacts for blue. And then you can pay five mana, colon, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost, which is a reference to Temporal Aperture, which is a two-mana artifact from Urza's Saga at Rare that has this ability at five and tap. So Urza, Lord High Artificer, is three cards, which, by the way, each of those references was um, was set up or was tweeted out by Tom Ross, saying that these were the inspirations for this card. Yeah. And, and by the way, you mentioned, I don't is, know if you mentioned it's a 1-4. Oh yeah, sorry. It's also a 1-4, so it survives bolt. This card in Commander is ridiculous, because everyone plays artifacts, and if you're playing Mono Blue, you have a million ways of getting artifacts. Jimmy and Josh did a fantastic episode uh, detailing kind of the things that you can do with it. Uh, by the way, one of the best artifacts to hit off of his five his uh, last ability is Mirror Battlesphere, because you can then just tap him and the in the four other Mirror to pay for his ability again. Battle um, ball. Battle ball. Battle ball. But also, it's also Paradox also Engine is dumb because everything when you cast a spell it untaps those artifacts and then yeah and the fact that you can play the card without paying its mana cost is because a you can play lands off of urza now granted you may hit a couple lands in a row which would be awkward but it's just so much value on a creature again this is not something they could put into standard there's no a because he's urza and b because it he's a telerian academy on a creature He's, Bust. It would warp standard to be like people would play the crappiest artifacts they could. The only thing stopping him from seeing widespread modern play is the fact that he's four mana. Blue, blue. And it's in blue, blue. Now he's a one four, so he survives bolt, which is huge. Uh, he can be pushed. He can obviously be path to exiled. And where he fits in in modern into existing decks is questionable right now. Opter sword. He does go infinite with Opter sword. Uh, he also is um, something that I know that there was a well-known humans pilot said, I'm going to try playing one of him, one of these in the deck. Uh, I know that I've read of a, a, a affinity player thinking about putting Urza in their deck because they make a lot of artifacts uh, and they need something to do with all those artifacts if they can't attack or for whatever reason. Don't be surprised um, to run across this in modern queues when Horizons comes out because people are going to be testing this guy for sure. Also, 
Um, oh, no, wait. No, Urza doesn't get around the um, Mycosin's Lattice Lock because he'll be an artifact. I thought he did. Ignore me. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, if they only have a Karn out and they don't have the Lattice, then Urza does get around it because Urza has the ability to tap for mana, not the artifacts themselves. Yeah. So Urza is – it is a lot. Um, so there was some speculation that Urza would be the other Planeswalker in the set. There's only two. Uh, but the other Planeswalker, Mark Rosewater confirmed a couple weeks ago that it is a new character. And we haven't seen them yet, obviously. I anticipate either late this week, early next week, we'll see them. I don't think we're going to see them later than uh, our preview date Tuesday. That's not beca- And that's not because it's our card. It's not our card. No, it's not our card. Our card is something else. We'll see. You'll see on Tuesday. We, we, can, but... we can 100% say with absolute certainty that we do not have a Planeswalker. Sure. Um, but Urza is um, very, very powerful. Very, very interesting and i already hate playing against an in commander oh yeah this is going to be gross um people were like Brea! someone asked me you know <laughs> you know hey you know are you gonna build i'm like nope yeah i i've seen a lot of people say hey if i see urza in your command zone congratulations you have a target on you like straight up yeah, you're gonna- straight up you have a kill on site in terms of not just the creature the player kill that player before now, they can i need to figure out urza i, I- I need to figure out whether or not Urza goes above Marin or goes above Kalia in my in my personal kill lists. That's going to be a debate that I'll have to have. Dude, let me tell you what. Like Lindsay's brother Will has a Marin deck, and I'm like, kill the Marin player, you guys. Kill the Marin player, you guys. Guy, kill Will. Just kill Will. Just just do it. And like every time, I have to like convince them to kill him because he is has has Marin. I'm like, just kill the Marin player. I don't even play EDH that much, and I know you kill that guy. Anyways, um, speak- I, that's going to do it for uh, today. As of time of recording, the last person who has a preview card due today is um, Ben Stark, and he has not revealed it. I think I he's, seen I it think on he's any streaming my... tonight. Yeah, I think he's streaming probably probably at, as of time of recording, he's probably streaming. But yeah. um, we have put in the show note or in the show description uh, the Modern Horizons card image gallery as we do for every preview season. And we've also put the Modern Horizons spoiler schedule so you can go and check uh, – it was written by Blake Rasmussen. Um, it was published uh, on uh, May 16th. It lists everywhere, everybody who's going to be previewing a card on each day as well as, wh- as well as links as to where you can find them, whether it's a Twitch page, a website, a Twitter page, what have you. Um, so go check that out when it, whenever you're watching the preview season so you know if you're waiting on any other cards coming out today because I know – there have been times during preview season where it'll be like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and I'll be checking, and I'm just like, "Are there any more previews today?" Because sometimes they're finished by by like three p.m., and sometimes they don't finish until like eleven. Like our case, so, we're probably not gonna go live until like late, ev- like early evening, late afternoon. Yeah. Oh, and fun thing with our card is we've already reached out to the artist. We are going to be talking. We're giving some the artist some questions. So we'll actually have some Q and A. Uh, we're writing the questions for them. They aren't going to. Uh, video with us but that's fine uh, they're very they're a very busy person. Oh, very busy person um but we are very excited to get some q a with you know just talking about the art their processes all that fun stuff so we'll have some additional stuff to go along with our actual just like hey here's the art hey here's the cards talk about it we'll actually get to talk about some artist stuff which i think is pretty cool um especially yeah. Any, anytime you can get into an artist's head whether it's a visual artist or a musician or an actor, it's always it's always interesting. Yeah, so this will be fun. It should be great for everybody. Uh, so let's just jump into where we can find us because you're going to need to know yep. that for next week. 
because twitch.tv slash dicks that's d-i-x whoop dang i gotta i put a mic arm up and i keep gesturing and hitting the mic arm like i just did it again while i'm talking about it <laughs> god i'm terrible at this i need to get used to not being expressive we we, ha- we haven't done it in nine weeks no You're i'm just saying a I, no i haven't even set my mic my, my, my mic arm is like new as of like this week so like i'm, I'm ah, like using my normal expressions and t- while i'm talking and I'm like dinging it and hitting it and whatever. But anyway, twitch.tv slash dicks, D-I-X. Uh, next week, we will be doing it there. So go give this channel a follow uh, to get alerts when it goes live. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dixonij. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J for all things tw- magic, sports, random nerdery, and other shenaniganery. Uh, we'll be t- talking about it when we announce the schedule there on the podcast thing and john you'll also be talking about it too where can they find you you guys can find me on twitter at jwiley129 that's jwiley129 i'm also on twitch at the same handle uh if you see me around floating around any of the twitch rooms don't hesitate to say hi something that we forgot to mention there's a modern horizons pre-pre-release on uh may 31st it's got such luminaries as kenji Igashira, uh, michael majors from wizards of the coast uh formerly of the pro tour and pro tour historian brian david marshall and I forget who the fourth person MTG is. MTG Nerd Girl. I MTG don't Nerd remember Girl. her name. I apologize. Alongside alongside Loading Ready Runs, Graham, Kathleen, Ben making his second appearance at the PPR, and Adam. It's going to be a blast. You should check it out if you're free on that Friday. Next um, week. Oh, my God. Next week. Yeah. yeah next I can, week. I can tell you some so personal – It's going to be crazy. I can tell you some personal spice from the, uh, the Loading Ready Run uh, mod slack. Graham's like, oh, my God. We have another one like in a couple weeks right after that for – like literally for in like 2020, not, like not even like three, four weeks afterwards, we have one because of course at 2020 or 2020, like three, yeah. four weeks afterwards. It's, it's ridiculous. If, by the way, uh, wizards, if you're listening, if there isn't a glasses card in core 2020, what are you doing? Just, 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 what are you oh doing? My God. By the way, if you want to read the podcast, if you want to read the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Minds, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at Eyes and the Minds at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for each of you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you May 28th, and we'll talk to you all next time.